Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Today we talk with the Provincial Minister of Agriculture, who had two announcements today. David Merritt will outline the additional funding for the Agribition Mentorship Program, as well as the opening of applications for the Agriculture Scholarship Program. Friends of the Canadian Wheat Board discussed their latest court victory as they continue to seek over $150 million for farmers from the Harper government's decision to remove the Wheat Board monopoly about eight years ago. Real Agriculture talks with one of the authors of the Food Report on the 2021 Outlook, Sylvain Charlebois. We also have a two-part comprehensive look at fertilizer research on winter wheat in the Yorkton area this year. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says $200,000 in federal-provincial support is being provided to the next-gen agriculture mentorship program. Merritt says the program is administered by Canadian Western Agribition and the renewed funding will take the program into the year 2023. It's really a continuation of the, of the program and, uh, you know, it's a renewal of a contract with the Canadian Western Agribition. They are the placeholder for it and, and they roll out the program for us. It's another... 200000 for the next two years for the program, and uh, they do, I think, eight mentees a year they do. So it's, it's a great program, Jim. I'm very, very proud of it and, and the work that, obviously, what the Canadian West, Western Exhibition does, but also uh, the mentors that we are able to recruit to really spend the time with, the, with these youth that are interested in, you know, ag policy, ag, uh, the ag industry as a whole, and it really helps them uh, develop skill sets for, you know, for board governance and things like that, or them uh, working in the ag sector in some format. And there's, you know, and uh, you know, and I'll just give you, you know, a, a good example of it. Just uh, just lately, uh, the uh, the pulse growers had uh, elections for new board members just here last month, and uh, one of the young mentees, Cody Nagy from uh, from the Oklahoma area, was uh, was elected. So it's nice to see these young people really uh, pursue these opportunities for them so and uh, so uh, it it just makes it pretty nice to see that they're getting that skill set and that confidence I think that's a big thing too Jim they're getting that confidence to want to get involved and that's really what it's all about so this two hundred thousand dollars allows 16 new uh, young people to be mentored over the next two years how do you see agriculture really benefiting from this well I, I see it in a lots of ways in the whole ag sector and that's really where it gets into uh, opportunities in, in board governance and, and, and going on these different boards and commissions to really advocate for agriculture and, you know, the industry as a whole, uh, not only nationally, but internationally, and, uh, and improving any improvements that we can make to the industry and what's happening in the sector. You know, there's new technologies, there's new, uh, new ways of doing things, there's always risks and challenges that, that come along. And to be able to recruit young people to uh, to get engaged and want to uh, participate in this is something that I think is really important for us if we want to see the ag industry grow the way we want to see it grow here in the province of Saskatchewan, Jim. I understand it's an 18-month mentorship. How are the young people and the mentors selected? Well, they're just kind of matched up, and we kind of leave that to the, uh, you know, Canadian Western Agribition and, and those folks over there. They recruit uh, they ask people that they know that have been involved and engaged uh, if they're uh, if they'd be interested in in working with uh, you know a, a, a young person that's interested in the ag industry and it, it, it varies we'll have 
you know, we've had uh, mentors that are in the livestock industry or grain industry or in the processing side of it or marketing side of it. And uh, they just uh, work with these, uh, with these young, uh, exciting, vibrant young people that really want to learn more about, obviously, uh, all kinds of it, um, you know, from, like I said, with board governance, uh, structure, po- designing policy, all aspects of it, Jim. It's really, I, it's a great program. It really is. And as the Agriculture Minister, you also announced applications are now being accepted for the 2021 Ag Scholarship Program. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's another program we're uh, we're very excited about. Uh, uh, we always wish we could do more, but it's it's uh, it's obviously a, it's a good step. And what we do is we just in, uh, invite grade twelve students that are interested in taking, you know, furthering their education in the agriculture field. And there's so much opportunity there now, Jim, in all sides of it, whether it's policy, marketing, uh, ag degrees, uh, agronomy, veterinary, and all of it. And it just gives them an opportunity to uh, you know, write an essay, and, and this year the theme is transparency, and it's really all about, uh, you know, within the ag industry, and it's really all about public trust and things like that, and the winner of the, of, uh, of the contest gets a $4,000 bursary or uh, check, whatever you want to call it, and then the three runner-ups get $2,000 each, Jim, so it helps pay their tuition, and that's really, it's just uh, something to help them out. The deadline, I understand, is March 1st, and you ask them to put together a, a video or an essay? They can do, yeah, they can do either one, yeah, and we've seen, and we've seen some videos. Uh, I had the pleasure, on, you know, this year when we did it, uh, it was, uh, obviously we had to do it all by video uh, because of, uh, of the situation we're in now, but uh, it was uh, pretty exciting to meet them all and, and, uh, and have a chat with them live on, like, through video, but uh, usually we were able to get together and... Uh, have a nice uh, meal with them and uh, and meet them and and hopefully we can do the same you know uh, with this one uh, in after the March deadline at 21. Applicants for the Agriculture Scholarship Program are asked to provide a three-minute video or 1,000-word essay discussing transparency in agriculture. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. The group Friends of the Canadian Wheat Board have received the green light from the Manitoba Court of Appeal to pursue a legal claim against the federal government. The chair of the group, Stuart Wells of Swift Current, says the court action follows the privatization of the Canadian Wheat Board by the Harper government. He says the Friends of the Wheat Board is calling for the return of $150 million to farmers that were marketing wheat and barley through the Wheat Board in 2011 and 2012. The legal action also calls for $10 million in punitive damages and with interest accruing since 2012, he says the total claim is about $190 million. For the last eight years, the Friends of the Wheat Board have argued the Harper government did not have the right to transfer $150 million in cash assets away from farmers and direct the money towards payment of restructuring costs and the government of Saudi Arabia and the grain company Bungie. The Friends argue the seizure added to the gift of Wheat Board assets that was made to G3 Limited which is owned by the government of Saudi Arabia and the grain company Bungie. Bungie has since sold its shares to the government of Saudi Arabia, which now owns most of G3. Wells says the Friends of the Wheat Board will now seek certification as a class action lawsuit. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. 
This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. Canada's food price report for 2021 has been released. Here to discuss it is Dr. Sylvain Charlebois of Dalhousie University. Dr. Charlebois, how are you? Good, Sean. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. I am looking for... I, I always like talking about food prices and grocery trends and, th- and things like that. Uh, Dalhousie and a, a number of collaborators from across the country, I, I should mention that, very national in, in the scope of this study this year, put out Canada's food price report for 2021. Uh, walk us through some of the highlights. Hmm. Well, of course, uh, there's nothing wrong with food inflation. The challenge, of course, is is to measure whether or not Food, the food inflation rate will will outpace the general inflation rate, and 2021 won't be an exception, unfortunately. So we are expecting food prices to increase by anywhere between three to five percent over the next year, and that will be driven by three categories, which is, to be honest, highly unusual. Uh, this is our 11th year, and typically you would see maybe one or two categories driving food inflation. Now we have three: meat bakery and um, vegetables as well. So all three of them will be pushing food prices higher. When you say bakery, what, what makes up that component? It, it's got to be more than just donuts and muffins. No, it's essentially bread uh, and all the pastries. Uh, typically, you would find uh, the different breads. It's actually a very, uh, it's a one category that has changed quite a bit. Uh, we've we've seen many new SKUs uh, in that section in the last decade or so. Uh, non-bread is very popular now and didn't e- barely exist in Canada a decade ago. So it has changed a lot. It does cover quite a bit. Bread is really represents about, 11% of, of food expenditures at retail. So it's not, it's no chunk of change. I mean, it's actually quite a bit. It's not as much as meat, but it's actually quite a lot. Okay, so I get the meat one um, because that's just, that seems to have been the experience during 2020 with some of the stuff that has happened. Actually, you know what's different with 2020? Go ahead. When you look at the meat trifecta, uh, like often you finish the year and Beef was a story, or pork was a story. This year it was all three: chicken, yeah. pork, and beef, and and went through cycles. And so we're expecting that trend to continue into 2021. Why bakery higher? Um, it's not like the price of wheat has launched higher. What, what's going on with bakery? Well, I mean, it's not necessarily a, as you know, Sean. Uh, at Farmgate, lots of things can happen. Doesn't necessarily mean it's reflected in in prices at retail. Uh, it's a it's a cycle thing. Our models are telling us that we're about to see a new cycle. The last time we saw this was in 2008. You remember what happened in 2008? Uh, the barrel oil hit 147 U.S. dollars. I mean, there was a lot of uh, excitement around commodities, uh, and that's when Brent went up. We didn't know there was a bread price fixing scheme at the time. <laughs> we don't think it it actually exists now, but uh, and but we, we're not expecting that kind of hike in 2021. We, we are expecting bread prices to go up again, not as much as in 2008, but uh, probably about five to six percent. Now, now, why vegetables? A lot of vegetables are imported into the country from the southern yep. regions of the world. What's going on here? 
Well, California, we buy for about $3 billion worth of uh, produce from California every single year. And, and, and the wildfires in California, in particular the smoke, really affected the harvest there. So what we've noticed over the last, I'd say, a month or so is that uh, importers are looking elsewhere beyond California. And that elsewhere tends to be more expensive. What's helping us right now is the gain dollar. Pretty resilient at 78 cents. Uh, to be honest, I'm quite surprised it's actually helping importers. Let's hope it stays there. Uh, I don't know if it will, um, given what's going on. We never know what's going to happen. The cauliflower crisis a few years ago was driven by a weaker dollar. So you never know what's going to happen, but hopefully uh, the dollar will, will stay at about uh, 75 to 78 cents. And if it does, then we should be okay. If it doesn't, then uh, you should expect to visit the frozen food aisle a little bit more often. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of red and black Angus, horn and pulled Herefords, red and black Sim Angus, Charlay and red balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352 1866. Well, there's a special weather statement for southern Saskatchewan today. Cloudy sky, 2 centimeters of snow mixed with freezing rain this afternoon. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high plus 1, the low minus 6. Wind chill minus 14 overnight. Tomorrow, clearing near noon. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50, becoming light in the morning. The high Thursday minus 4, the low minus 12. Friday, cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 12. Saturday, increasing cloudiness, the high minus 6, the low minus 16. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 16, the low minus 19. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 12, the low minus 16. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 13. Normal high for this date, minus 8, the normal low minus 19. The sun rose at 8.47 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Rock Glen. At 5 degrees, that's plus 5. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, minus 16. Estevan is plus 1. Saskatoon, minus 1. Swift Current, 0. Weyburn and Yorkton, both plus 1. In Regina, with cloudy skies, it's plus 1. That's 34 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northeast at 12. Humidity, 86%. The barometer dropping, 101.5. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, plus 1. Winds are from the north-northwest at 9. Once again, Regina, cloudy and plus one, that's 34 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. The East Central Research Foundation, just south of Yorkton, has released its latest study on 4R nitrogen management of winter wheat during a drought. They compared urea, ESN, Agrotain treated urea, SuperU, UAN, and Agrotain treated UAN in either a sideband, at seed, or broadcast dribble band application in the spring. Many treatment differences were still observed despite the drought. Heather Sorstad is a research assistant with the East Central Research Foundation. Should all your nitrogen requirement for winter wheat be applied at seeding, or should you wait until spring to broadcast or dribble ban your nitrogen? You may find you'll get a wide range of opinions on this because it depends on the environmental conditions and how you manage your nitrogen. If you side ban all your nitrogen at seeding, there'll be lots of time for the urea to convert to nitrate, particularly if the soils are warm and wet. Once the nitrate form, nitrogen can be lost through leaching or denitrification. Denitrification is a process whereby soil microbes use up the nitrate as an oxygen source under anaerobic conditions. Research coordinator Mike Hall provides the details. During our wet summers around 2010, I knew a producer near Yorkton who put all his nitrogen down when seeding winter wheat. In the spring, the crop looked a little light green, and I suspected he may have lost his nitrogen. The field wasn't going to receive any additional nitrogen because it was too wet to drive on and he needed to get to other fields to seed them. But I broadcasted some nitrogen by hand, and it soon became apparent that the field probably lost nearly all of the nitrogen that had been applied in the fall. He could have used a product like SuperU or ESN to reduce N losses. SuperU contains a nitrification inhibitor which slows the conversion of ammonium to nitrate. This reduces losses because ammonium is not prone to leaching or denitrification like nitrate. The ESN is urea covered in a polymer that delays release and this too can provide protection from end loss. Under drier environmental conditions, sidebanding nitrogen at seeding may be the best thing to do. Spring broadcast applications of urea are prone to volatilization or gassing off if adequate and timely rainfall is not received. Of course, we can reduce this risk by using products like Agritain or SuperU, which contain urease inhibitors. Dribble banding UAN can also reduce end losses because the nitrate portion is not prone to volatilization and applying the product in concentrated bands helps to reduce volatilization of the urea portion. Agritain can also be added to UAN to further reduce volatilization loss. However, adequate and sometimes timely rainfall is still required to leach that nitrogen into the soil zone and winter wheat is going to need that nitrogen early in the season to maintain yield potential. Splitting the nitrogen between the fall and the spring may prove to be a good way to hedge your bets. Heather Sorstad explains their trial. So to demonstrate all these practices, we established a winter wheat trial on August 30th, 2019 at the Yorkton Research Farm. The trial established well with 287 plants per meter squared emerging.
The winter wheat overwintered well, but treatments receiving all their nitrogen as sideband and urea looked a little better in spring. It was a very dry spring with only 50 millimeters of rainfall falling in May and June. The norm is 131 millimeters. However, despite the low winter yields, there was a lot of significant differences between treatments. Coming up, Mike Hall presents their findings. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. The East Central Research Foundation near Yorkton has released its latest study on 4R nitrogen management of winter wheat during a drought. They compared urea, ESN, agrotain treated urea, SuperU, UAN, and agrotain treated UAN in either a sideband at seed or broadcast dribble band application in spring. And Mike Hall presents their findings. Here are the results for the winter wheat yield, bushels per acre in blue, and percent grain protein in orange. With the exception of the no nitrogen check on the far left, every other treatment here has received 110 pounds of nitrogen per acre. So you can see we had a good yield and protein response to added nitrogen. Applying 110 pounds of nitrogen per acre has increased yield from 22 bushels per acre into the range of 35 to 44 bushels per acre, depending upon how the nitrogen was applied. It has also pushed grain protein from 10.9% into the range of 12.5 to 13.9%. Let us focus on treatments 2, 3, and 4, which are side-banded applications of urea, ESN, and SuperU, respectively. Compared to side-banded urea, side-banded SuperU has resulted in 2.5 more bushels per acre and 0.5% more grain protein. The SuperU likely reduced denitrification and leaching losses, particularly since the winter wheat was seeded early, August 30th, allowing lots of time for urea to be converted to nitrate. Sidebanding all the nitrogen as ESN resulted in a 6.4 bushel per acre yield loss but a 1.2% gain in grain protein compared to side-banded urea. Side-banding all the nitrogen as ESN likely resulted in a late release of nitrogen that increased grain protein but was too late to maintain yield potential. Having only a portion of the nitrogen as ESN may have proved to be more beneficial in terms of yield, but unfortunately this treatment was not part of the study. Let us focus now on treatments 5 to 8, which are spring surface applications of nitrogen. Treatments 5 and 6 are broadcasted urea and agrotain-treated urea, which were applied on April 24. Treatments 7 and 8 were dribble-banded applications of UAN and agrotain-treated UAN, which were applied on May 11th. Ideally, dribble-banded and broadcast applications should have occurred on the same date to allow for fair comparison. However, enough rainfall to incorporate the product was not received for two weeks for either application date. Neither yield nor grain protein significantly differed between these methods of spring applying nitrogen. However, crop yield and grain protein were numerically higher when agrotain was used with urea or UAN. This implies agrotain was providing some protection from volatilization loss. 
When we pan back out, it becomes evident that all spring applications of nitrogen, treatments 5 to 8, produce less yield than fall side-banded urea or side-banded super-U, with differences being statistically significant relative to side-banded super-U. However, all the grain proteins for the spring applications were statistically higher than the grain protein resulting from side-banded urea. The lower yields and higher protein from spring applications implies the availability of nitrogen was delayed relative to side-banded applications at seeding with the previous fall. This stresses the importance of applying spring nitrogen early for winter wheat and the importance of early season rainfall to move it into the root zone. When application of urea was split in half between fall side-banding and spring broadcasting, treatment 9, the result in terms of yield and grain protein was very similar to placing all the urea in the sideband at seeding. Again, this shows the importance of early season nitrogen for maintaining yield in this study. And Mike Hall also provides an economic cost-benefit analysis. Well, actually it was. The last column in this table can be used to make fair economic comparisons between treatments. It is gross returns in dollars per acre minus the cost of the nitrogen, minus the cost of any additional applications required. Gross dollars per acre is simply bushels per acre multiplied by dollars per bushel. The dollars per bushel were determined based on these protein spreads. The base cost for nitrogen for both urea and UAN was assumed to be 50 cents a pound. The added cost per pound of nitrogen for using ESN, SuperU, and Agrotane-treated urea or Agrotane-treated UAN are listed below. For example, the added cost for ESN is 14 cents a pound of nitrogen, so the total cost for using ESN-treated urea would be 50 cents plus 14 cents, which equals 64 cents per pound. These end costs have been presented in this table on a per acre basis. For the treatments requiring a spring surface application of nitrogen, an additional cost of $5 an acre has been included. So from this table, it is evident that the no nitrogen control resulted in the lowest economic returns. That's good, applying nitrogen wasn't a waste of money. Side-banded SuperU provided the greatest economic returns because it provided the highest yields and a decent protein level. In contrast, ESN provided the worst economic return, next to the no nitrogen check, because higher price per bushel due to the higher protein wasn't enough to compensate for the relative yield loss. Again, ESN likely would have done better if it constituted only a portion of the side-banded urea. Side-banded urea alone provided similar results to spring applications of nitrogen. However, you'll recall the nitrogen for the side-banded urea was available earlier in the season and partitioned more towards yield and less towards protein than spring applications of nitrogen. While not large, the use of agrotane with broadcast urea or dribble-banded UAN did improve economic gains. And Heather Sorstad summarizes the study. So under the dry conditions of our study, it was best to put all the nitrogen down at seeding. And even though it was dry, side banding super U instead of straight urea was beneficial. 
Using agrotain for spring applications can provide some benefit, but if adequate and timely rainfall is not received, the nitrogen is not going to get to the crop on time to maintain the yield potential. If conditions are wet, then you definitely need to consider using Super U at seeding. However, a split application with some N applied at seeding, followed by some N in spring, might be the best way to hedge your bets since it's difficult to predict the weather. For more information on the study, visit the East Central Research Foundation website. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading this morning. Canola fell $1.40 at $5.4187. Lentils dropped $15 at $5.7850. Number one red spring wheat went up $1.70 at 233.24. The rest were unchanged. Durham 297.62. Feed barley 209.70. Flax 693.37. Oats 206.53. Yellow peas 328.89. And feed wheat 183.72. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, March red spring wheat gained 5 cents at 5.48 and a quarter cent a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotations. A similar livestock had a regular sale on December 2nd. Heifer X sold from 95 to 127. D1 to D2 sold from 66 to 78 cents. D3 cows sold from 45 to 55 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 88 to 101. This is Jordan Stevens with the market report from A Livestock. And the latest pork prices, one fifty four oh nine per CKG for Brandon Moose Jaw Plants. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The Bank of Canada says positive news about COVID-19 vaccine delivery won't be enough to give the Canadian economy a shot in the arm to start the new year. The central bank held its key policy rate at 0.25%, as it warned economic restrictions aimed at lowering rising COVID-19 case counts will weigh on near-term growth. It says the restrictions will hold down growth for the first three months of 2021 and the trajectory will remain choppy until a vaccine is widely available. The central bank says it will hold the policy interest rate as low as it can go until economic slack is absorbed so that its 2% inflation target is sustainably achieved. It says in the statement that it expects that to happen sometime in 2023. On the markets, losses in the technology and utility sectors weighed on the market in Toronto as Canada's main stock index pulled back in late morning trading while U.S. stock markets also fell. The TSX Composite Index was down 30 points at 17,608. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 88 points at 30,085. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.11 cents U.S. compared with 78.08 cents on Tuesday. The January crude oil contract was down 40 cents at 45.20 a barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantock Ranch. The place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farm. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.